This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. And the transfer window is open. It's that time of year. It's silly season. And it seems half the Brentford team are up for sale. Or are they? Panic in the house. So we thought we'd get out of the house. We'd go on tour. We're on tour and this time we're in central London. Very nice place. It's called the House of St Barnabas. It's not your average bar. It's kind of like, I don't know, a bar that people don't seem to be able to come to unless you've got a knock on the door and do some sort of handshake. But lovely place, House of St Barnabas in the middle of central London. We're all sitting there having a few beers. Apparently this is everything that is bad about modern football, other than cocktails. I'm here with the characters and we're going to discuss all sorts. We're going to talk about Birmingham. We're going to talk about transfers, we're going to talk about FA Cup matches, and also we got an interview with Phil Giles, Brentford Director of Football, who's going to give us the lowdown on what is going down in the transfer window. I'm Billy Grant, and I'm here with Lord Lucan. Lou, how you doing, mate? Hello, I'm very good, thanks for having me. Just to clarify, this is not a Masonic Lodge. <laughs> it's not a Masonic Lodge, but it's, it, there is something lodged in the corner over there, though, isn't it, Lou? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 lovely. It's lovely. I keep I keep finding you, Bill, in all these in all these posh members clubs. So listen, Lou. Anyway, so what have you been up to this week? Anything that's caught your eye at all? Um, I've been uh, on the come back to work post Birmingham come down in a big way. Hopefully, not coming down anymore. Um, trying not to think about players we may lose and try and think about players we may gain. Although there's no names floating about yet. Maybe maybe that centre back from from Gillingham. Maybe with it, with that swap with Dean that everyone's talking about. Again, this is all you know. This is all internet talk and Twitter talk, and you never know what's happening and what's not happening. Mister David Lane, you uh, we actually oh, never da- met David. David, yeah, right. Well, well, it's only normally when I've done something wrong, someone calls me David. Well, you you didn't hang out with us at the weekend, did you? you know, we were at a party, and then you were you were, you were being busy. You were being being boring, being boring, mate. Yeah. <clears throat> oh no, I had, I had a I had a great trip up to uh, to Birmingham, and I. I the thing that uh, I heard, I, I, I drank before the game in 
Birmingham with the Zulu's main pub, and this is how football's changed over the last 20 the Zulu, years. The Zulu's? The Zulu, Zulu's were the Birmingham City's hooligans. They were then like the notorious Birmingham hooligans who you would, you know, we, went, we used to go to Birmingham back in the day and literally get into the ground as quickly as we can and if we made it back to the car or coach in one piece we thought we'd, we'd achieve something let alone either won or got three points but um, the changing face of football how you know how it's changed that you could go to their their main firm's pub and be welcomed in and it was uh, it was quite refreshing actually I'll be honest with you so, so you're a uh, no you know me Bill no I'm a lover not a fire that's a good start it's against modern football mate yeah well I'm everything <laughs> bad about modern football Jimmy Mack, it's lovely to see you back again, Jimmy. Uh, happy New Year to you. How are you doing? Yeah, likewise, Billy. Happy New Year. Nice to be back on the podcast. Um, yeah, get the elephant out of the room. I didn't go to Birmingham at the weekend. Loyal. Uh, Loyal. Embarrassingly enough, but I did see the highlights in the Football League show, which does make me as much of a Brentford fan as you. <laughs> so listen, and we've got the Allard. The Allard is back, Mr. Matt Allard. How are you, sir? Happy New Year to you. I haven't seen you well on the podcast for well, for. Well, did it? Yeah, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Um, it was. I, I did the pre-Christmas one, so I've been. Yeah, he was, oh, he, he was there. Yeah, yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there. Forgettable. Yeah. Forgettable. Well, it was, yeah. well, we were. It was a Bambi on Ice beside yeah, yeah, on yeah. Ice podcast. Yeah, and while you were on Ice, I was in, on water, so sailing down the water in Yorkshire somewhere. But yes, but anyway, but yeah, this week, mate. I mean, what have you been up to? Uh, it, it's been that sort of. I mean, Saturday turned into quite a long. A long day, really, and Sunday was recovering from that, and then it's been back to work. Um, I, haven't, I haven't got my phone at the moment. I've got this sort of lone phone, so actually I feel a bit detached from everything that's going on. As I'm, as I'm, Cados, I'm to, phone. <laughs> yeah, Cados phone. Yeah, so I'm loath to put too much stuff on there, and um, so I'm, yeah, maybe a bit out of touch. But um, I've heard enough to you know be able to join in tonight. That's good. Well, listen. Anyway, we talked about Birmingham. We don't want to talk about Birmingham too much because it's a little bit of a kind of, oh no, 23 years and we still can't beat them at St Andrews. But what we'll do is we listen to what the fans had to say at the pub and then we'll just have a little discussion afterwards then we move on to other things. Not much happened in the first half or much of the second half really, apart from uh, John Terrell with a really horror tackle. I was, I was kind of shocked with Terrell actually. Really nasty challenge, but... Yeah, the performance wasn't really good enough. We started playing in the last 20 minutes as if a, a switch went on and we started really playing and went after them. Got hit by a sucker punch, defence of Arias Hurtis at the end. Uh, it was an even game throughout. It could have gone either way. It livened up in the second half. Our goalkeeper made the balls up. Give you the equaliser. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Brentford were always in the game and it was always really, really close. I thought it was 1-1. So we're chuffed to actually sneak the winner. Yeah, very disappointed. Two two centre back mistakes, two two uh, two goals for Birmingham. Uh, I thought Judge had a really off game today, um, and as for um, to, as did Tarkovsky. Um, I thought the team looked slightly off the pace. Birmingham were nothing special. Uh, that was at least a game we should at least have drawn. I think we'll be really disappointed. That was definitely, definitely three points dropped. Yeah, I'm sort of getting a bit bored of um, not getting a result against Birmingham. Um, they're not a great side. They're generally there for the taking, and we somehow managed to find a way of losing or you know losing these games. And um, I think it's just yeah, it's a bit disappointing. To be honest, I thought throughout the first. 45 minutes, I thought yeah, I could only see us getting three points. I couldn't really see where Birmingham were going to come into it. Um, 
And but you know, I, I but, but I also recognise we had some limitations. We weren't as sharp as we have been. Um, there are you know there are players that maybe just weren't quite um, weren't quite on it today, and I'm 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 sort of struggling to work out why. But you know, the conditions were difficult. They were difficult here last year as well, and we had a very similar performance. I don't want to make too many excuses for them, though. I think essentially we just weren't sharp enough. So that was what the Brentford fans and the Birmingham fans had to say after that match. Disappointing 23 years and we still can't beat them and especially the rivalry that used to go back in the days where we always wanted to beat Birmingham City. I know for some people that was a bit of a gutter but boys, I mean, we don't really want to go too much into this game but all I want to know is that there must have been some positives and negatives taken out of this game. Lou? Well, £20... For, to, to get into an ex-premiership stadium is fair play to Birmingham for that. I thought the weather matched Birmingham perfectly grey, wet, tepid. Um, and bless Harley Dean trying to sodomise James Tarkowski in an effort to block that, that move that resulted in the winner. It's that, it's that old adage, do we, do we lose the game trying to win it or do we shut it down? Do we want Rosler or do we want do we want Dean Smith? I, I don't know. Um, well, I want Dean Smith actually, and it, it wasn't an awful game. It was an awful pitch and an awful ref, and probably the clear, the clearest red card I've ever seen uh, this week. Probably. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll go I'll go that far. Yeah. Dave, I mean, what is the I mean, other than you and your Zulu mates that you were hanging out with, what was the positives and negatives for you? Pos- positives were that we still try to play decent football. Um, in phases, um, I thought on the flip side of that, we got we it got too easily got dragged down to Birmingham's style, and it didn't seem like we'd learned anything from last year, where they pretty much did the same to us. Um, Rowett's style of football is effective for them, but it's just you know, you know, someone said this week if they were playing in your in your back garden, you just draw the curtains. But you know, it just shows you we we just don't. You know, it's the kind of football that we, we don't want to watch. The, another plus, I thought Goggia looked all right when he came on. I thought he looked quite lively. Um, you know, but again, I just I think that was that was at least a draw we threw away, but probably three points. We just weren't ruthless enough. Jimmy, yeah, um, yeah. From the comfort of my armchair, I, I mainly follow follow the game on Twitter, and uh, you know, so I can't really say a huge amount about the game, but. Um, was, 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 De, was Damari Gray on Twitter during the game? Um, his Leicester fans <laughs> to, to Yeah, yeah, maybe. But um, you know, I think you got the positive you can take from it is that for another away game we've lost in the last minute. Or the last minutes, we were the aggressors. We were the team pushing on for the win. And I don't mind losing if we are going to take that mentality. Yeah, you, unfortunately, you can't win them all. But uh, we seem to be playing it the right way still. So you know, unlucky there. But um, yeah, not too down. Matt, um, positives. Um, uh, Hoffman scored, and he and he scored a goal that I think he'd been criticised maybe a week or two before for not scoring a very similar goal when when he didn't get on the end of something that he could have. And so fair play to him. There's a proper striker's goal, wasn't it? Off the goalkeeper, and he was first to it. Off the so goalkeeper. I'll mm. give it. I'll give him that. Um, negatives, just about everything else really about the game. 
Yeah, it wasn't too great. And for me, I mean, the positives, I've got to say, the Christmas tree formation actually was... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that was... That How could we just, forget that? Yeah, I mean, I mean every, everyone was confused. Were, What's going on? You've got a wall, then there's another wall. There's another wall in front of the wall. Let's put another wall in front of it. So, you know, it's a bit yeah. of a shame that didn't kick off because if that goal actually went in, you know, that would be all over. You know, yeah. they'll be on top of kind of, you know, what happened next, like, you know? Sent shockwaves through football anyway. Yeah, yeah. Question, right. question of sport would have had years worth yeah, of yeah, material. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love that one. So I thought well, that was great. I mean, I think on the flip side of it's probably um, um, uh, ladies' mates there, um, the, 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 the Zulu posse. I just think that you know the, the stadium was quite more guest, obviously till they scored, but you know, and it just goes to show you again. You move into a stadium, yeah, lovely stadium, or it's all right stadiums, probably slightly older than these newer stadiums now, um, or redeveloped stadiums. But the atmosphere was absolutely dire for a lot of the game, and it just kind of makes you really worried about what will happen when the tide changes and you move to somewhere else and it doesn't quite work out and you can find yourself in a bit of a morgue and I just thought, you know, sweet goddess, you you say you don't want to watch their football all the time but also you don't want to be sitting in that stadium, you know, with that terrible atmosphere. So the transfer window is open and things have already gone a little bit berserk. So we thought we, we could sit here and pontificate and make things up but instead of pontificating making things up, we'll actually talk to a man who knows a little bit about what's going on at the club. We've got with us Phil Giles, the director of football. Phil, how are you doing? Good, Billy. You? You right? I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad. My heart's a little bit jittery the last few days. I mean, I've got, got no idea what's going on. We're not going to have any players left by the end of the week, are we? Uh, yes. <laughs> we'll, still have a, we'll still have a lot of players at the end of the week, if not all of our players at the end of the week, Billy. I don't think it's going to change, uh, change very soon. It's tin hat time, as it seems to be going off at Griffin Park. I mean, how busy has it been the last few days? Um, it's been not not any more busy than normal. Um, we've had some um, conversations, we've had a few emails, but I'm pretty relaxed about it and quite happy there's interest in our players because it means we're doing very well. There's rumours floating around about Judge, about Tarky, about Toombs, Dean, Hotter, all these players are going to be off. I mean, the fans are asking, do we want to sell? Uh, nope. We want to keep our best players. We've got Sheffield Wednesday coming in. We've got all sorts of people coming in. Uh, is there a time where you might say, we, you know, we, we're going to sell to you? Well, every player has a valuation. So um, the best example I can think of being a Newcastle fan is when uh, they sold Andy Carroll for £35 million, which was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, one of the top 10 highest transfers ever paid at the time. And um, he played six months in the Premier League. So... I think at some point there becomes a valuation which you think, mm, can we do more? Can we do more with that money than we can do by having this player in our team? And that's what we look at. I mean, the last window we saw Andre Gray, Moses Odebarju, Stuart Dallas. They all went. They went for money, but that made us FFP, which is financial fair play compliant, which in effect we meant that we didn't have to sell. So I mean, I know that you said we can, we can't, but why are we considering? bids for these clubs if we're looking to go up well, well we're not considering them but it, the fact is that if we if the money is is um, too good to turn down then we have to look at you know it it comes down to if if we can sell a player for um, x million and get a player in a better player for the same price then it would be you know that's what we'd look to do uh, selling players isn't good for fan morale and surely it isn't good for team morale either Again, it, it comes down to you know which player is sold. Do you replace them? Who comes in as a replacement? Um, does it improve the overall level of the team? Um, so, for example, um, we sold we sold Andre in the summer. We got in uh, very good money. I thought at the time for Andre, he's done well at Burnley, but we're still scoring goals. The overall 
level of our offense isn't really affected by that. So still pretty happy with that, uh, with that uh, the way it panned out. We seem to have roughly a, a cycle of two and a half years for each player at the moment now. And that's because we're a small town Brentford, you know, we're doing well. But because we do well, when we do well, people come in and try and poach our players. Will we ever break that cycle? I think every club, every club sells players and no, no club is immune from that. Um, the question is how many, you know, do, are you selling a lot of players or are we selling um, a handful of players? We're always going to sell players. There's always going to be uh, one or two are going to go every window because you can't add without selling a few. Otherwise, the squad and the wage bill just gets too big. So um, I don't you know, you talk about that cycle. I don't think that um, that's going to change. I don't think it's. I don't think it'll change any club either. There's a theory to say that looking at Brentford at the moment now, maybe it's better for us to bring in players in January, bed them in over the next three or four, five, six months, so that they're ready to go for next season. If we're not sure whether or not we're going to go up now, I mean, is that a theory that you adhere to? Um, it depends if the player is available and what the price is. So if a player, if a good player is available now and the price is right, um, and it's not inflated by, by uh, being, in, being a transfer in January, then, then we might look to add the player now, ready for, well, not just next season, but this season. Again, also depends on, on the age of the player. Is it a player who's developing? Is he young? Does he need time to, to, to bed down? Or will he come in and play like, like a Ryan Wood, say, who came in and was pretty much from the off uh, playing very well? So uh, I wouldn't say that it's, um, it's, a, it's a theory we subscribe to, but, um, but we will look to add a player if we think it's the right thing to do right now. And talking about this window now, it's just January window as opposed to summer. I mean, what's, what's the difference? Because people sometimes say, we're going to wait till the summer to sell or to buy. What's the difference between the January and the summer window? That's a good question, Billy, and I'll give you an honest answer. To me, there doesn't seem to be a lot of differences, um, except that, you know, there'll be a lot of clubs out there who, who really need to add now, knowing where their position in the league is, so that, that affects things. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't think there's huge differences. Dean Smith has come in. It seems he's got an input into the players that he wants into his side. How, how do you work together on that one? So, obviously, when, when Dean came in, we said, right, well, we've got January coming up. It's, you know, we need to know what you think of the players. How do you want to play? Is there any requirement for new players, given how you want to play the game? And Obviously, there's going to be some differences between how he wants to play and how Lee did before. Uh, but the, the input that he has is, is not really any different to how we worked before with, with Marinas in the summer as well. Um, he will tell us how he wants to play. We'll go out and find the players and he will be part of that process of saying, well, who are we going to make offers for? Who do we want to sign? How much are we going to pay for them? And, um, and ultimately then it's down to Rasmus Knight to get the player in. If also, though, because he's played in the league, he understands the football league, he knows it very well, he's managed in the side, he's actually brought in young players into Warsaw. Surely he must have an input into players that you know, he may suggest to you as well. Yes, he suggests, um, he suggests a few players. He has a, you know, a, a really strong knowledge of especially the lower leagues in England. And also, Walsall did well and got in players on loan from Premier League clubs as well. So we've 100% tapped into that knowledge that he brings as well. We're the highest scorers in the league. Are you happy with that? <laughs> Very happy, yeah. yeah. If we were the, if we were the tightest defence as well, I'd be, be even happier. People say we need a striker, though. I mean, what do you say about that? I'm happy with, happy with what we've got. I think we've got three good strikers. I mean, in some sense... It's nice to have a goal scorer who scores, you know, 20, 30 league goals in a season. But if you're the top scorers anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's obviously working well as a team. That's the most important thing. I mean, we're scoring lots of goals, but I've got to ask the question. I mean, everyone's been asked this, even last season and this season, why are we letting so many goals in? I mean, is it the way that we play, maybe? Because we're so attacking, we're just bound to be letting goals in? Or is there still something that we need to work on? 
<clears throat> I think there's always things to work on, but um, I think it is. I think largely you're right. It is the way we play. We want to play that way. We want to be attacking. Um, I was really pleased that we went and tried to win the games at Cardiff, which we lost in the last minute, and at Birmingham. Again, we lost it in what, the 89th minute. Um, but for me, there was only one team going to win, or it looked like one team was going to win in the last 10 minutes of those games, and, uh, and we lost, unfortunately. But I think we should continue that philosophy because draws don't really help us. We need to win games to, to try and achieve what we want to achieve. I mean, coming back to the players, right, you know, we want to go up, we want to go in the Premier League, we were very close last season, we didn't quite get it, we even tried to buy some players in January, and it didn't quite happen, for various reasons, but, you know, we're moving forward, but if we're continually turning over players, and they're not in the team long enough to bed in, surely we'll never get a settled side, we had a relatively settled side from Division 1, I mean, don't we, can't we learn from that? If ever we sell a player, then, you know, the the... the the next player that becomes that little bit more valuable and that harder for us to sell um, in the same window. Some people say, not everyone, that they say that we're not a consolidating club, but we're a selling club. What do you say about that? Uh, I'd say we're no different to every other club in that respect. Every club sells players and, and has to, to to sort of regenerate and to bring new players in as well. So I don't see that changing. Um, it'd be nice to, to it'd be nice to consolidate for for a period, but. Um, but equally, if you want to bring a player and if you want to improve our squad, then we do have to look to, to keep the wage bill manageable and also um, and not to have too big a squad as well. With players likely to go out, you've got to have some players coming in. Any hints, Phil? Come on, get on. Spill the beans. <laughs> uh, nope. We're looking at players. We know we've, we've got, we've got a, a big database of possible targets. Um, let's not say any of them will, will necessarily come in or won't come in, but um, I'd like to think that um, we, can, we can add a player if we need to. You must be able to understand fan frustration about the losing of players and the fact that you get really attached to players, you think they're really good, and for some inexplicable reason, you see them leaving. I 100% 100 get that because at the end of the day, I am, I was, I am still a football fan myself and have experienced that. It's frustrating, it's annoying, you know, you've got the name on the back of your shirt or your kids have or whatever. So, yeah, um, at the end of the day, we have to try and forget that a little bit and try and focus on well, what is the actual best strategy to try and get this club promoted which is the ultimate aim so um, yeah I understand the frustration I hope that the fans will stick with it stick with our stick with our philosophy and, um, and hopefully it will come good in the end Is there agent and player pressure as well also to sell I mean so yeah I mean agents agents look to move players on but that's not a, a, the pressure it's not really pressure in a sense because players are under contract um, they've got you know, long-term contracts with us and, and therefore the ball's in our court in terms of whether they go out or not. Some people are questioning the quality of some of the recent recruits, people like Goggia, Kirchbaumer, Williams, Hoffman, even Vibe. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, think, I think on the whole, the new players have done well um, and we've seen some of the players have taken a little bit longer to settle than others and to get, adapt to the league, but... If you take uh, Philip Hoffman when he's come off the bench recently, I think he's done really, really well. Um, Andy Gogia, for example, has had a few injury problems recently, so we haven't seen so much, so much of him lately. But I think as these players um, go through a full season, I think we'll, we'll, see, we'll see that they're, a lot of them, if not all of them, are really good players and will do well for us. I mean, and you talked about injury problems. Why have we had so many injuries this season? Uh, been mostly randomness, bad luck. Um, most of those injuries the medical guys told me were 
you know, the sort of injuries you'd see once a season for one player, and we saw five or six of them all simultaneously, which was almost unheard of. Guy, you know, Josh McKeck when he broke, I think, a triple metatarsal fracture um, on, a, on a block tackle from Toombs, or, or Maxime twisted his knee in a tackle, and Hotter was tackled as well, and these are all injuries. You can't account for these injuries, really. I mean, people will be wondering whether or not it's the training or the training that we're doing is wrong as well that might have uh, helped this. Uh, nope, I don't think so. I don't think that was really a factor. I think um, it was, you know, most of those most of those were, were random, um, just just bad luck, really. From the fans' point of view, some people are saying that our midfield isn't quite as dominant as it was last season. I mean, to you, is this the case, and is it work in progress? Uh, I think no. I think the, I think it's been fine. I think the midfield's, midfield's done well. Mac has come in and done well when he's played. Toombs has been Toombs. Um, Swifty's come in and done really well. Judge has been on fire. Um, um, are they as dominant? Um, yeah, I think I don't, don't see a lot lot of difference between this season and last season. So I'm not not sure that's the case. Worst case scenario, we could in this window lose Judge, Tarkey, Tumani, Dean, Hotter. How could Brentford possibly cope with that? Um, I think we'd struggle to cope with it if we lost them, but I don't think we're going to lose all those players all at once. Um, that's not the intention. Our intention is to to keep the players and build on what we've got. So um, I'd be, um, I can, I, you know, it'd be stupid for me to sit here and say, you know, X, Y, or Z would never, never happen. But I think it's very, very unlikely we'll lose a significant number of our players this window. January 2016, pretty much a year ago today, we had Warburton Gate. We had things that started to go. You know, it started to change how our club was going to be looked at how, how the club was run so a lot has happened in the last 12 months you know some good things some bad things we went to the playoffs we got a new manager in it didn't quite work out we had injuries we had a terrible pitch I mean in that 12 months what exactly have you learnt? I think the most important thing that we learned is the importance of getting the right man into the, the most important job in the football club which is which is our head coach and I think in Dean now we've got someone who has been hugely impressive since since he came in, and I think we can now build uh, build on that. Build, a, you know, we've got a lot more stability now moving into the new year, and we can build a uh, you know build our club around that. Thanks, Phil, for that's actually quite a good insight into what's happening at Brentford, and let's hope that you can actually get some sleep, a little bit of sleep over the next uh, few weeks. Would you mean? Uh, I hope so. I'm going to be in bed with my phone turned off, uh, Billy. Uh, no, and uh, thank you as well for my um, second place in the Festive 50. Um, recently, that was uh, it was one of the proudest moments of my life, and uh, and thanks to the trophy as well. Appreciate it. That's all right. That's no problems. Okay. Cheers. And nice one. So really interesting interview there from Phil Giles. Again, you know, there's only a certain amount of information that, that that he'll tell you. So we have to sit here and we have to pontificate ourselves to work out exactly what he was and he wasn't saying here. So I mean, I think the most important thing because we're sitting here. All of a sudden it's gone off. It's like, oh no, they're after Judge, they're after Tarkovsky, they're after our players. And we're thinking, this is going to be a nightmare. We come to another window and teams are just basically taking the players that we've developed over a period of time. And we asked Phil pretty straight, we were pretty blunt, you know, are they going to go, what's going to happen when we sell these five players? And he said it's very, very unlikely that those players are going to go, those players are going to go in the window. And I think the players that he's talking about is um, pretty much probably Tarkovsky, Dean, um, Judge, Tumani, and Hotter. So he says, and you know, it puts a heart at rest to a certain extent, okay, they're not all going to go, but maybe some of them will go. So who do you reckon is the most likely player or players 
to go in this window. Montel Moore. Eh. Um, yeah, I heard, I heard he played for Birmingham the other day. He got on his moped up to the Midlands and... Uh, yeah, I don't know how that went. Does anyone know how he got on? Well, tell me you got well, he got to 30 mile an hour. Like oh, yeah, he got three Slowly. points. Yeah, he got, he got three points, but not during the game. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the Montel Ball thing is a different scenario, and I think that uh, the days are probably numbered for Montel at Brentford. It's a bit of a shame, um, but again, it probably is one of those things where we, we could say this for now, that he had a massive opportunity, and they uh, they sent him over to, to, to Denmark to try and... You know, get him away and trying to get him focused, and it, and it probably hasn't quite worked out. So, Berman City are taking uh, an opportunity there. But other than Montel Moore, we've got players, and we've got Judge, who's you know, who, who's who's coming for tombs. What's the what's the word on the uh, the word, word is out? Well, I think the, the one that everyone you know, it's, it's the, the elephant in the room is Judge. You know, that, that's that's the one first and foremost everyone's petrified of losing. You know, Judge uh, over the last two or three years has just take. He's been part of. What's been brilliant about supporting Brentford? Alan Judge he scored the goal that sent us up. Alan Judge is like the driving force. He's got this, been given this amazing free role um, where he can kind of pretty much do what he wants, and he's kind of flourished. He's, he's everywhere on the pitch. He he sums up what what all the good things about being a Brentford fan. Um, <clears throat> probably for eighteen months, two years. I can't I can't believe we got him, and I can't you know I'm so delighted that he's worn the red and white stripes, and I and I'll be gutted if he goes. So there's a there's a you know <clears throat> we hear that there's a bum fight over him. There's, there's a couple of there's a couple of teams in for him. Um, but doesn't he sum up? <clears throat> I'm going to call it mathematics. Or Benenball doesn't he sum that up though? As much as he is the archetype, yeah, no, he, he, he does. A bigger club. He does, and there we was get a... him for cheap. He gets, he, he has two great years, two and a half great years. Gets himself internationally recognised, and is now going to go for what, maybe 10, 20 times what we yeah. paid him. But it's, it's, it's st- you know, and I, and I, you still got a feel for you know people that are going to be gutted when he does go. And, and yeah, you know, All right, we, Dave, we, we know you got a judge on on the back of your shirt at Christmas, <laughs> okay? So. But you know. It, there, there are there are there are players who may go this window who have represented our club brilliantly. You know, if, if Toombs goes, then you know again he, he's been he's been exceptional the last two seasons. Um, Tarkovsky and Dean, you know, we're, we're still a bit leaky at the back. If if either of them go, they'll be missed. They'll need to be replaced. You know, each each plus there's a minus two as well and you know we just got to hope that you know we, we we keep unearthing the these stars because the system only works if you if you can find the next star well judge judges is obviously the headline here and he's been brilliant for the first half of the season and like anyone else we got to see him go but i'm quite comfortable in at the same time if we get the sort of money he's worth which i have faith that we will if he goes um, you know, I don't think we should really be depriving him of this life-changing money situation, which he'll get. Ruben, people are saying that we triple the, the wages he'll be receiving. Um, and for a club like Brentford, we need to have store, stories like the Andre Gray story, the Alan Judge story. Players that, you know, who knows where the next Alan Judge is, a really talented player going, seemingly going nowhere. We need to be able to go to him and say, listen, look at Alan Judge, look what we did for him. He came to us two and a half years, he was brilliant, we let him go. We've done the same for Andre Gray, we could do the same for you. We can't really be a club who holds players back from those big moves if we're going to keep this model working. So, with a heavy heart, I, I probably would let him go. I have worries about lots of players leaving. 
I'd like to keep Tarkovsky a bit longer. I think he's got some more developing to go, and I think we can do it. Um, I don't really see Toomes going, to be honest, and I think I don't really see Dean going either, personally. Uh, I don't know about Yotta, but um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with Benham's system, and I think there's a really good article you guys put out earlier in the week. Carl Massey wrote it. I know Carl actually went to school with him. I think he sums up the system nicely and puts a really good spin on it. And um, anyone who hasn't read that, he's on the BFCB's blog. And he's on the Basotti's well, well, article. Is, is it, well, it, it's is it better is it better to have a, to believe in a system or you know go go mad with frustration? frustration. Yeah. Um, so, so, funny enough, some people have seemed to have a problem with with that article. Is and and Besotted kind of putting that kind of content out. You know, like like we're a, a mouthpiece. You know, we're, we're we're in our 25th year of existence. We've always been Brentford fans. We always will be Brentford fans. And you know, we are supremely independent. And you know, and and the and respect is earned. And you have to the you earn respect by being consistent, rounded, and knowledgeable. And people then start to trust you. And if you're none of those things, people stop trusting you. And we we will always be there looking after Brentford Football Club and what's best for Brentford Football Club and the article sums it up pretty spot on whether whether you whether you buy into it or, or not you you cannot you cannot ignore that there is a there is a system and there is a methodology to it and if you don't like it well that's probably not going to change because the, the person who's put 100 million pounds into the club that's that's the that's the way he's chosen it, and you know I've I've been in my time of being a Brentford fan, I've I've seen some proper tyrants run this club, mm-hmm. and we've campaigned and we've been at the forefront of driving them out of the club, and you know uh, there's no reason to suggest that the the way it's working at the moment isn't going to continue working, and if it stops continuing to working, we're going to be there. Banging our banging our fist, going, what, 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 how come this is stopping? But for the moment, you know, there is, there is, there is, the, the wheels are, the wheels are. There's no reason to suggest that anything's going wrong, is there, Matt? Or I think you have to. If we go back six months um, or five months, whenever the last transfer window closed, probably four. Um, I, we were going through all of this then, and um, and I think I'm sort of. It, is over it the right word? But I'm sort of I'm, I'm not surprised by any of this in this transfer window because I saw it happen four or five months ago. I think we got some good money for some players. Um, one or two I might not have been I might not want to let go, but 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 so be it. And then and then we did see the down we saw that sort of down curve. But I, I think that was for different reasons because we have seen that the players can play and and at the moment they are you know I, I, I'm not convinced we're going to finish in the top six by any stretch of the imagination. But they have been in the last two or three months playing easily top six football. Um, so you know I, I'm sort of thinking that that this is the way we're going to be and. And I'm kind of, you know, I, I think I'm there now. I, I remember I did have a sort of a, a moment of panic last season, and um, sorry, not last season, during the last transfer window. And but I've sort of come around the other side, and I'm, and I'm really quite surprised everyone's so surprised, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's interesting what Phil said. I mean, we asked him straight up, "Are you going to sell these players? Do you want to sell these players?" The club's gone, "No." 
And, and, and I think the question, even for myself, is because you're trying to work out when is the cut-off point, right? As to when you sell, when you don't sell. Is it because you get enough money? Is it because it's the right time? And these are the things that we don't know. I think these are the frustrating things as supporters. Like, and I'm saying, does it mean that every time somebody comes in and matches the money that you've got for your player, you're going to sell it, right? Um, so, say for example, with Judge, you know, to be quite honest with you, um, he, yes, he has been offered, from what I've heard, three times his wages, and we didn't, we've heard that from actually from our Sheffield sources, you know. So basically, he's got a lot of money out there, but Brentford, he's got a contract, which they've got to honour. But at the end of the day, is that kind of like put a price on which they believe is the right price, and Sheffield have to match that price. Now, whether or not they will or not, you know, to be quite honest with you, I'm actually not quite sure that they will. And that's kind of like the safety factor that we put in. You just, you almost go, tell you something, if you really want him, this is how much he's cost, because this is how much he's worth to us, because by the time we sell him and then try a couple of players out, a couple of them will work, a couple of them might not work, blah, 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 this is, this is what we want, okay? That's, that's what it is. But if they meet that mark, you can see how it becomes a really, a real tough well, this, one. <coughs> this is where this January transfer window doesn't really work for us this year. Last year, we were in a better, we were in a stronger position to go for promotion, um, <coughs> where, you know, we hear that you know we wanted to invest in this transfer window because we're a bit off the well the chances of us going up automatically are mar- very marginal the chances of us reaching the playoffs are, are slimish this time last year we were the ch- we, chances of making the playoffs were good the chances of reaching the automatic promotion were realistic and you know for one reason or another the squad wasn't you know strengthened um, we did, tr- you know, the, the, there was a there was a desire, you know, I hear this time last year. This time, this time this year, there are other clubs that are in the position we were last year, a better position than us, and they're thinking actually we 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 stand a good chance of getting promoted. We're going to go for it. So we're up against teams that want to spend to get promoted, and that that does weaken our position to to maintain our best players. It's unfortunate. I mean, I I, I don't really want to see. I don't want to see anyone go really. Although I will honestly say, you know, we have been. Everyone at the club has been saying that we're too lightweight at the back and we lead too many silly goals. So the defence does need sorting out one way or the other. And if we were to lose one of our defenders, that might help force that situation. Okay, again, but it's interesting because it, again, we see it in black and white. And again, Phil explained it to us. Where, where, whereas he said that you know sometimes people think that. Because you're leaking goals, it's all about your defence, but sometimes there may be actually a defence and a midfield situation here where you actually kind of like, you know, you haven't got the communication or things aren't working between the defence and Possibly. maybe the Possibly. midfield. So sometimes it's very okay. easy to blame the defence. No, well, let's, let's, let's be really honest. This, this, the team as it is, you know, the team that turned out uh, at Birmingham on Saturday isn't good enough to get promoted as it currently stands. So some change needs to happen. So ch- mi- mi- there does need to be a mix up. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Judge is one that you'd always want to keep. Yotta, we will always love Yotta, and I, I'd personally keep him. But you know, his wife's heavily pregnant. We don't, we don't know what else is going on there. Um, his boiler's broken. His boiler's broken. <laughs> I know his boiler's broken. So, so you know, so it's it's, a, it's almost like an opportunity as well. Um, we can't keep everyone, every always. The other question I'm going to say to you, and I know that the competition, but the other question to say to you is that. Um, isn't it also a matter of time? I mean, Brentford, when um, Uwe Rosler came in, 
with everyone else that took over and he brought these players in and the first season yeah they were alright and they were finding their feet but it took two or three seasons to find their feet again and do the business and with us especially as we're bringing these new players in we're always sort of like is there a situation where we're always trying to find trying to find and is it a case well, that we need in fact, to that's a, really, that's a really good analogy so we had like Shay Logan then everyone's going why have we got rid of him then we've got Odebagio who's like untried but then why have we got rid of him then we've got Colin you know, so the, the, I can't. The, the midfield is is weaker this season. I think you know, in terms of you know, there, there, there is an issue there. But we've we've got to solve it. You know, it isn't it, we're not going to solve all the weaknesses in our current team by keeping the whole team as it is. So there, there does need to be change. I just, I really just, I really hope that Judge stays. Yeah, and that's and that's, I mean, that's the key point. There is is reinvestment. I mean, do you have faith that if we lose Alan Judge, the club will act, act quickly to reinvest and replace him? I do, personally. I'm sure they've got someone lined up. I haven't got a clue who it is. But if Judge goes tomorrow within, um, you know, one end of the transfer window, they've probably brought someone in who can take a position. I, I actually admire, well, admire is the wrong word, but I, I appreciate and think if Benham or whoever have a value for Judge, if it's met, I think that's the right thing to do is to let him go for it. You ask QPR's directors how they feel about not selling Charlie Austin for 15 million now in uh, in August when they could have taken it how they feel now what would they have done differently you've done what's around the corner I think Judge is brilliant but his form has been so good to start the season can he replicate that for the second half I don't know will he get injured next week I know these are these are slight digressing but if we feel he has a value and it's met I've got no problem letting him go as long as we reinvest that money bring in some new young talent hasn't, hasn't done us too bad so far do you think? Do you think this is a? I mean, this is kind of one of my arguments. Is this? If we are going to say, okay, Judge and Tarkowski say aren't going to sign new contracts in the summer, you know, who knows? But because because they are determined to go, is it better to let them go now so we can get in replacements now, or do you want to wait till the summer when arguably they probably get less money for them and we'll have to get replacements in quicker, more untried for next season? When's Tarkowski's contract up? 18 oh, months? All, yeah, yeah, yeah. following. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, that's the one that frustrates me. I'd let Judge go now, really, if the value's met. I still think Tarki can come, become better under us and can become a better player. This year, he's got great strides, I think. I think he's really taken control of that centre centre, uh, half position. Again, and this is this is just a knowledge thing. I know for a fact, because we, we spoke about this for last year, I know that Tarki was, or was, stroke is, one of the highest rated players at the club. And this is at the time when we were actually selling Andre Gray because I know that at the time that Fulham actually bid for Tarkey, they were up for him and they just they just cut it off said no interest because I know that Tarkey is one of the highest rated players at the club and I know that they don't want to get rid of him but then this is this is the thing where it's hard for well, you must be like us to get our head around because you sort of think right we don't want to get rid of him so somebody comes and bids 10, 10 mil is how important I mean 10 mil is quite a lot okay a 7 mil how important is that seven mil, as opposed to the idea of getting another player in and then bleeding him in and spending six or eight or ten months trying to get him up to speed, as opposed to because if, if the aim is to get to the Premier League in, you know, a year or two years time, sometimes you do need a bit of stability. We're talking about that turnaround with Bill, and he said he understands it, but I suppose as a as a smaller club, we can't help having that turnaround. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a vision thing as well. If, if, if you can, if you, I mean, we, we all have to look 
where we've come from in over the last five years and how many really popular players that we were kind of quite upset about losing at the time, including people like Harry Forrester. You know, we, 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 there were players that we thought were kind of indispensable, but they've all, they've all been replaced, some immediately, and some it's taken a, 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 you know, a, a stopgap until you get that. But we, we, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've moved forward incrementally or in leaps and bounds over the last five years, and there's no reason to suggest that growth isn't going to continue. And you can't get, you know, we can't get too wrapped up in individual players when the, the history of the football club is, you know, it's 126 years now. It's going to be here for another two, three hundred years. You know, we, we we can't we can't press a pause button and go. Like, this this like is, me. you know, like this, this isn't as good as it gets. You know, this isn't as good as it gets. And uh, you know, unfortunately, maybe it is, Dave. Maybe it is. Maybe. You know, this this is this is the case. Look, look it, it, I love it. Our, our, our golden football boots are too tight. <laughs> you know, our Evo pros or whatever. It's we're, we're complaining about our highest league position for half a century not being good enough. We've what we've had four years in a row where we've finished higher than before. We've had the club actually overtook the players. You know, to springboard. I think the new ground should be called the springboard or something or the stepping stone because that, that's the plan. I think we should have a two-year plan to promise everyone that comes to the club if you stick with us and you, you, you know you fall into line then you'll be a better player with better options moving forward. We don't want any hangers-on or anyone dropping down the league for a payday. We don't need that. That's not our, that's not our niche, our angle. It's not our style. It's not our style either, and yeah, and we want, we want to keep playing. Is that not, bl- is that not blind faith? I, I, well, it, it is if, if you're in the bottom three at Christmas and you still think plug away, pluckily with vibe up front on his own, but we're not. We've got enough points to be safe this year. We can kick on. I dare say, you know, we could have a very tough fortnight and we could probably know if the playoffs are out, out of reach and we could actually have a couple of months to, to experiment. Oh, it is going to be. It, it could be a really tough fortnight. What, what I was going to say was the point about the players, about Tarkowski. I'm hoping some of the players, I, I think some of the players, like Dean and Toombs, are actually a very good fit for the club. We're a very, very good fit for them. And, you know, and, and, and this whole the boy who cried transfer, or you know, this idea that every window opens certain players or their agents are putting stories out immediately, is it might come back to haunt them. We had, we had a bit of the, the curse of Rosler when we had Andy Amy, Simon Moore, Forrester going, thinking they were better than the club. The club overtook them. They were on the bench at teams below us within a year. And I actually think some of, sometimes some of our weaknesses are part of our strengths. Because we do lead yeah. goals, it, that means we have to attack more. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if, if you're going to beat us, it's probably going to be 2-1, 3-2. Two, and, and I think, you know, the, the time to worry is when clubs don't want to sign our players. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, want, I want players that want more out of their career. Not 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 happy to sit yeah, or not happy it. to sit on the bench. Yeah. 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 Up. Yeah. I mean, currently <clears> we're <throat> victims of our, our of our own success. It's a nice position to be in, really. I think um, yeah. I think and and hopefully we'll be better positioned next, uh, uh, maybe this time next year when we go. We actually we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna improve. We're gonna we're gonna go and raid other clubs. Well, who's, um, who's to stop Swift or Canos being the next judge? Mm. Kicking on, we we had him. We had judge on loan. I, I really like that approach. You know, try before you buy. Um, it's a really good idea. There's no quantity. I think the only times ever, you know, Tombs he went off the ball a bit. Came back. I think James Wilson was you know when we were going to sign him and he got injured. And then Alan Bennett. I think that's that, Alan Bennett. There we go. That was the last time it didn't work. So we've actually we've had Forshaw, Bidwell. We've we've had uh, Judge all come through. It, re- it really does work. It's a good form. Augustine Prosvich. Uh, Moses Adamola 
So, but listen, but anyway, just, just coming, you talked about earlier about elephants in the room, uh, and you mentioned them as well, we've got to talk about hotter. Um, there are certain things we have to say in the interview that, you know, we, we tried to discuss and bring up, uh, you know, uh, the conversation was that it, it, we, we didn't get necessarily the information that we needed to. Um, hotter is one particular example, what we're talking about, because we let you know that apparently Dean Smith has got a, a press uh, call tomorrow. And he's going to be talking about the, the hotter situation tomorrow. Um, we, we mentioned the fact that Ebar and possibly Real Betis seem to be in loan for hotter. We want to know if it's true, if it's not true, what the score is. We said that Dean Smith will be talking about it. So if you check out the club tomorrow, Dean Smith will be talking about the hotter situation. But for us, we could actually only sit here again and pontificate and speculate amongst ourselves. Hotter, one of the best players are, and the favourite player of the fans last season. Fans will be actually devastated to see him go because we think that he represents what Brentford's about. New Brentford player that no one had any idea about last season. You know who's that hotter guy? You got next minute boom. He sets the league alight. He's doing these amazing runs. He scores a late goal against Fulham. Gets injured unfortunately at the beginning of the season, so doesn't play for a lot of the season. Gets his place. He's replaced by Canos to a certain extent, who's come in for three months to to, to take place of hotter. And then he's come in and he's had a bit part to play in the team at the moment now now if these rumours are true what's going on do you think well the Sherlock Holmes in us you know you, you look at his Twitter feed and, it, and, it, and it, he's, he's sort of making friends again with previous teammates and there's a there's a can't wait to see you soon again and, a, and the emoji is a football and a wink um, and three tweets below that is his heavily pregnant wife who's about to go into labour and any any day week now um, you know being a dad and being being someone who's lived a bit you realize that you know when you when your wife's about to give birth she wants to be surrounded by her family and be 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 close to home and you know the high rise flat in, in Brentford um, isn't isn't next near a mum and dad, so it's a, it's a luxury apartment. <coughs> luxury apartment, I'm but sure. But the boy does not work in that. So, so, so I mean, yeah. there's, 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 a, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So, you know, winter wonderland. We'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. But again, you know, as you say, Bill is is, a, is an example is an example of how the system how the Brentford system is unearthing these players. You can't you can't say this system's not working and then every time there's an example of it working you ignore it you know there, there, there's a there's a there's a dozen examples of how how the system is working can why I, should we doubt it can i stat you there outstat me stat or, uh, th- there is the t- league table of teams the offset uh, performance table for 2015 came out of every english league team we are 21st we've got from every single game we've got 1.6 points and 1.6 goals oddly enough which is quite a healthy ratio. Guess any. Got for, for, I'll buy the next pint for who guesses who, who's who's the team below us in twenty second in the whole country. In the whole country. In the whole country, yeah. Fulham franchise. F- Fulham are actually fifteenth bottom. In Stoke. The whole, no, almost. And Leicester. No. Middlesbrough. No, Chelsea. 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 Oh, Chelsea. We're Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. So F- Fulham and QPR are in the bo- in the bottom twenty. We are, yeah, we top of the West London Mini League. So yeah, it's a very, a very healthy situation. I'm just trying to add a bit of. I'm normally the most fickle man on earth, but I'm trying to add a bit of context. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yotta, Yotta is the amazing one night stand who's just told us that she's moving to another country for an amazing job out the door, and we were thinking we were going to have a bit of a fling over the summer. That's the reality of it. He doesn't really owe us a great deal. We've, we've got a great deal out of him. I think he scored against Fulham. He scored. 
in every game, in every league game he's played. Thanks to Lionel, he didn't get the yeah, win the last Yeah, he didn't get credit for it. I mean, the, only, the only comfort I can take from the, the hotter situation, and, and him, this news about him maybe leaving, uh, it, it come well out of left field for me. Uh, ironic, considering where he plays and all that. But the only comfort is he hasn't really done much this year for us. Hasn't really been part of the team. Thank so you, you can Jonathan sort Douglas. of think maybe, you know, we're not losing a huge amount this year, but... He, I love Hotter. I think he's he's brilliant to watch. He's what exciting. Legend. He what puts a, I, I, puts bums on seats. He gets young <coughs> fans excited about watching yeah. the game. It's a real loss. I can understand if he's going because his wife's pregnant. You have to respect that. But the whispers I hear, which is just through Twitter, is that he's going on loan. I really hope he comes back in a year's time with a healthy health child I'll, I'll, and I'll, an appetite for goals. I would also ask a question. <laughs> this is this is another scenario, and the thing is that um, we we kind of ask you know. Phil, you know, what have you learned over the last 12 months as you heard in the interview? Because we want to, we don't want to know. We, we probably had, they had a vision in January 2015 um, and at the end of 2016 it changed because all of a sudden certain things have happened. They brought in coach, they brought in a new manager, things had gone wrong, all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, so they've learned a lot. And I'm thinking, you know, you've got the hottest scenario, which is a great player, but, you know, we're pontificating here that, you know, wife, baby, maybe home, family, you know, somebody, you know, somebody I, to be I, with I, the baby, I, I, you know, somebody to be with the baby and stuff like that. Uh, these are important things that you have to look into when you're making a decision about getting a player as well. And you, you know what I'm saying? Because it's... What, that, that was fertility all, stat? Well, no, it's not the fertility stat and stuff. But it's just kind of like you know. Do we still do we still test players on their home lives and their attitudes and stuff? I heard that rumor a couple of years that, ago that, that was, we look that in, was very much we look into temperament, we look into who, where they live. I mean, the thing about Tarkowski, he's a northern lad. You look, you know, he's he's, he's from the northwest. A move to Burnley would be ideal. He's you know he's probably still on the Jaeger bombs out and about in Dean's game in, <laughs> of a Manchester <laughs> evening you know so, so did, did, that's the reality no, I, and, and the reality is when you're signing continental players there's a chance that they might want to go home you know they, for, there's, there's, there's so many there's so many factors in life yeah. you just don't know what's going to happen but I, I per, from my personal view on Yotta is he, he was a link between Brentford and Brentford reaching the Premier Division he was a, a Premier Division player playing for us last year and we will be a weakened club, weakened squad without him. Can we cope without him? Of course we can. There is life without any single player. Are we going to be weaker in the immediate term without Judge, without Yotta, without Tarky, Dean or, 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 or Toombs? Of course we are. There is going to weaken us, but is, is there a recovery for, from, from all of these knocks? Of course there is, um, you know. But you know, I, I, whether whether Giles's you know um, forecast of us not losing, all, we'll, we'll only we'll only see. I hope he's right. You know, just on the, on the hotter thing, I always and I kept this for myself at the time. When he cut his hair, something in me was saying, Samson, Samson, Samson. <laughs> Kenny, why has he done it here, yeah. Kenny Samson? He's drinking. Why has he cut his hair? He looks he looked the part, and now he now he looks like a. Like a bad haircut, like maybe. So we could always just tell ourselves age. that he was never going to be as good. Now he's got short hair. I mean, I, I like the fact that you know, if he goes, what a legend! Hopefully, the club will see fit to get him up on that wall beside the bins, beside the hot dog van outside the back, <laughs> yeah. or is it the Wall of Fame, or what have you? You know, and, and we'll actually never know fully how to pronounce his name correctly. Yeah, there'll still there'll be debate for years to come. Hopefully, we'll Hotter see versus Jota. Yeah, we will see. It. We'll if, see him back in a year. If, if he does go back for a baby, then hope, no, it, well, hope it all goes well. And but do come back. Do not do not be changing that Twitter icon picture anytime soon, my boy.
this is I'm just again with just a couple of other points as well. You know, we we did question because sometimes I question the quality of some of the recruits. You know, Hoffman from Hoffman to to Gogia to Kirchbaumer. I mean, I know Lou, you've got a. Uh, a few thoughts on, on some of the recruits that we've had and you know we've thrown into the ether as far as Phil's concerned he's basically like you know they've got a bit of catch up you know they haven't started some of them haven't set the ground running you know it's going to take a bit of time to catch up but your thoughts on that I will not be led into a xenophobic remark Bill um, no um, I found it really exciting that we were looking for players in Division 12 from Narnia uh, in the summer. I thought it was a really good approach. Uh, get some hobbits on board and all this. Um, yeah, people have time. To, look, the reality is the English players, this, this, this whole fallacy, this whole old football run through walls rubbish that does not work at all. It's a generational thing. Everyone's, every footballer's grown up with the Premiership now. It doesn't matter where they're born. They've got, the, they've got, they've got football between their legs and they've got the internet and they can watch the games. Uh, even our English players take six months, 12 months to blood in. The, the idea is that I suppose we don't, if we've got five first teamers up for grabs, that we don't drop them all in and then blame them. We do, unfortunately, we did that at the Oxford game. We did that with a few youngsters. We've got, we've got a youth system that is not fit for purpose at the minute. Uh, we've got a scouting system that we'd say is pretty fit for purpose. We probably do better, just about better than, than, than what we don't do. Which is better than most clubs. A lot of clubs look at Charlton. They've got one, one good signing last year, the guy from Copenhagen. They've been terrible since. They've re signed that Johnson pensioner from Birmingham out of desperation. So, compared to other clubs, we, we, the scout system does well. I don't think it makes a difference if a player's foreign or not, if their personal life's set up. You know, who wouldn't want to be a young lad, earn, earn money, live in London and do well? I want all our players to be young and hungry and always asking for more. So fair play to Dean and Tarkowski, because I'd rather that than someone who's happy to sit in the reserve team and play each week and, and you know, steal a living off us. Well, I mean, the one, one of the one things that stood out from the um, very personal email that I got from Phil Giles just before Christmas was the fact that he, he, he told me that um, you know, Brentford were all about taking risk. You know, that was part part of our USP was we're risk takers. You know, <clears throat> um, and we're not going to we aren't going to get it right every time. You know, we've we've we haven't got it right all the time at any stage in the forty plus years that I've been supporting them. No, no one gets it right every time, but we we are trying. And if you know if, if they're not good enough, they don't they don't tend to hang around long enough. Um, that long rather so you know we just we, no, no, no club gets it right every time you know look, look at the Liverpool time the Liverpool team at the moment they're, they're blowing hot and cold Man United Man City there are no clubs no matter how much you spend you don't get every signing right and not every performance is perfect and you know I'm looking at Liverpool with Andy Carroll I'm just, <laughs> that's a great but, example of a signing you know, but I've, you know, the, the, I've always said you know I, I'm not happy to watch Brentford lose if they're trying to win or they're, they're trying to play well and that's you know we're not we're not perfect yet but maybe we'll be better next year so guys I want to ask one final question from this whole thing here obviously we asked Phil at the end and he told us what his thoughts were what do you think we have learnt probably as fans and as a club over the last 12 months from the, the beginning of Warburton Bay going through all the nonsense that we've been through for the last 12 months the highs and the lows the playoffs the pitch the manager, the players we brought in, the good players, the not so good players. What have we learned, Lou? Oh, oh God, that's you, you really put me on the spot there. 
Uh, we've learned that we tend to play more in a black kit than a blue kit, despite selling a blue kit in the club shop, which is an odd decision. Uh, don't outsource your pitches. Yeah, and we've I think the comms team helped us find out how co- corporate hospitality has been taken up, which is vital, vital for my, my fanship. Uh, if that's even a word, well, God, I've come up with something new. We've learned new words. Fanship, tonight. fanship. What, what, what would Lovejoy say? Uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I think it's important to have a bit of context. Like Dave, like Dave was saying, this, 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 this is great times for us, absolutely wonderful times, and the new stadium will come. And you know, to come in under FFP, you know, if imagine we were in Forest or Fulham's position now, crapping ourselves about losing three or four players, knowing that we'd be sticking in Courtney Senior or Field or Mark Smith or, or Montel Moore, brackets trialist. Um, you know, it, we, we'd be really worried about a, a, a backward slump. But now we've got players. You know, the fact is we've got people like Kirchbaum who can't even get in the squad. You know, yeah, we we thought he was good enough to start sort of a dozen, twenty games at the start of the season. We're, we're progressing within a season, let alone within a year. What have we learned in a year? Um, to take defeat in the same way as you take victory, um, and probably that. Uh, Losing, we're just. It's just this. I've learned that we are in transition, and not to not to be jumping up and down. You can be worried and be concerned, and you can wish to wish that certain clubs would just leave certain players alone. But you know, we just got to remember our, our our place in the whole hierarchy of football in the pecking order. Still, you know, we are. Top we are, of we the are, West London Mini League. We are top of the West London Mini League, but we're, we're get, only getting twelve and a half thousand, and we're we are you know we do have to balance the books somehow, otherwise we're going to go bust again. So you know there is like all housekeeping, there's some tough decisions to be made sometimes. I, I, I'm yearning for the day when we have to we, when we're poised enough to go for it rather than be in protection mode. Um, I would say what we've learned from last year is that the Championship is a brilliant league. Uh, I didn't know how good, I didn't expect the league to be as exciting as it is. It's a real step up, it's, a, it's great for the spectator. A little bit overpriced uh, in places, but it's, it's a great watch. But also, I remember a few years ago when Peterborough were signing players like Boyd, Mikel Smith, and Aaron McLean. And people were lauding these guys, just like, oh, they're finding young talent and they're selling them for big bucks. This is how it's done. I remember them thinking, why do we never do that? Why, why are we always buying shit and selling it for shit money? And we've we've just you know blown that to bits now, buying brilliant young talent and learning that you know very quickly you can turn it around to big money. Uh, well, I mean, we're doing that well, and I'm enjoying watching it to be honest. So dare I say, we should keep doing what we're doing, just not doing us any harm. Um, well, well, I think two things I've learned that um, attacking football. Um, and, it, and, and, and let's call it proper football but you know tippy-tappy parsy football that some people have a go at but that can work in this league we saw it with um, Bournemouth and Watford we've played it we've been effective doing it that's great news in this league um, but on the downside I've also learned that um, and I think we've already touched on this tonight that we need to get something going with the, um, the you know with the academy and stuff because I don't apart from you know Apart from one player, um, I don't really see um, anyone coming through from that, and, and that's some, that's a bit of a jigsaw that we have to fix because because this could have been the opportunity. Now, you know, if we do sell a couple of players for for one or two to step up, you know, ready to show they're ready for next season, and unfortunately, I'm not quite sure that's going to happen. I think for me, um, I think that we learned a massive lesson um, 
post Warburton and going into this uh, Dykehouse and you know Carsley Smith situation, uh, where it isn't necessarily as easy as it may be on paper. And uh, I think that you know Warburton did bring a lot, which we all know about. You know, we're not hanging on Warburton. We just say he brought a lot to the party, which we know about. You know, you've got to address with contacts and knowledge. And I think that we realised as well how important that was because when you've got it within your setup, sometimes you don't know it as much. We tried a few things which on paper may have been great but didn't work out. But I think that we realised and we realised very, very quickly how important it was to get somebody who understands the league, knows the league, knows players, knows people and also probably is kind of ballsy enough to make sort of kind of quite strong decisions. So you'll turn now, Dean Smith obviously will turn around and say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what works for me, this is what doesn't work for me. And he'll sit in the middle of a circle of three or four people and say, this is kind of what I want, which is I think is really vitally important. So Saturday cometh and down the M1, We'll be welcoming a load of Warsaw fans. 1,600, they sold out their allocation. They're absolutely potty for it. And they're not happy at all. We stole their manager. We stole their top striker. And they're coming down to absolutely berate the Bees fans. So we better be on good form. The Ealing Road, the paddock, everyone needs to be singing on Saturday because Warsaw are going to be absolutely game on for our Let- FA Cup game on Saturday against these boys their cup final you mean well yeah in effect it is their cup final I mean they don't care they're the division below us and now we're actually the big boys or, or would you say it's their final cup game oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's there's a bit of grudge there isn't there but oh, to be honest with you you know going back to um, you know when Will Grigg was signed by Brentford they, they're, just, they're just not happy at all ever you know they, 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 they are, they, for them to be holding a gripe for this game is, is just a just a little bit, um, little bit petty, I think. You know, they've, they've got a good chance of uh, of, of, of progressing. You know, I, I, for them, to, for them to be coming down trying to get one over on on bees, I, I think they ought to just, uh, you know, they've had a good season. They're, they're near the top of their division. Um, it should be a good game, to be honest. Um, they've, they, you know, obviously, they're obviously confident. They're, they're not used to losing many games. They lost on Saturday, I know. Um, it should be a bit of a ding donger. It I'd sh- say it should be a bit of a ding dong, and, and again, I do have to pull you up though. Yes, probably just as much chance of them coming down the M40. M40. I reckon yeah. M40 rather than the M1. To be honest with you, I'd say check. But you know, check the traffic in the morning. Traffic, yeah, my advice to all fans. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't do the old Billy the Bee travel watch. Like, <laughs> you, you might be you might end up anywhere. To be honest, yeah, that's true. But look, I mean, Walsall are coming down. We are playing FA Cup. I mean, we have we're automatically through to the third round. I mean, you remember the days when we used to pine for a third round game? And we'd always get knocked out by the first round by Adelstone or something ridiculous. But now we're straight into the third round. We're talking about the fact that, you know, we may struggle to go up or get the playoffs. But is this our little chance for having a bit of fun this season? A bit of a cup run? Yeah. Uh, well, we, we proved our cup pedigree earlier against Oxford. Um, so actually, which might be a bit more pressure. Uh, we've got Borough. 72 hours later, I think, is it or just what is what's the day after 72? 96 hours? Well, 96? They, to be fair, they've got Coventry. They, they've got Coventry away, first again or second against fourth. So this could be uh, the best reserve game you'll ever watch for a tenner. 
Uh, yeah, uh, seriously, seriously, don't tell your friends. Uh, no, we could see we could see Smith experimenting. Uh, who will start? We could have uh, this could be Jota's testimonial as well. We haven't thought about that, have we? We could even see a glimpse of McLeod's. Brace yourself. Almost would it be a calendar year since we signed him? Uh, yes, there is. Actually, there is. Calendar transfer window. Calendar transfer yeah. window. Yeah. So no, I, I, look, look, I, I don't think a great deal will hinge on one game here. I hope there isn't too much needle between the players because of Dean Smith and Will Grigg. Um, but I do hope we do sign all their best players like Rico Henry and Romain Sawyer. Yeah, the, the, the irony should we lost there. We've just spent the last 40 minutes talking about how bigger clubs take your players. <laughs> and now we're saying, why are Wolves so angry with us? I really, really don't understand that. <laughs> bad sports. Uh, that is, that's the game, Wolves, all right? Get used to it. We're bigger than you now. Um, but no, f- third round of the FA Cup, uh, just, just um, you know, I, I still, I'm, I'm excited about Saturday. Even though it's not like, even though we're not in League Two anymore, we're not, we're not, you know, playing sort of. You know, we'll look up to the big boys. It, it's, I think it's nice playing something at a different level, seeing uh, the, uh, the the mixing standards and uh, and knowing that still a win can get you a nice big game, that the, or even a really small game, which is just as exciting sometimes in the round after. So I'm bang up for it. Me and the other. 2,000 Brentford fans that will probably turn up on Saturday. Uh, I think it's, it's, like, it's like getting stuck in a lift well, I've, I've with, got with, 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 your, with, your, with your partner's Do you know ex-partner, what? I imagine, isn't it, for Smith. He's, he's, got, he's got these two clubs, one, one he's made his reputation off and one he's got to now make a reputation at playing each other. So. Do you know anyone that needs tickets? Because I've got 55 tickets. Because every time I sign into the Brentford website, I seem to end up with 12 tickets in my basket. I, um, I, I bought tickets for this even when I didn't want them. This was, <laughs> they were just added. To, they were automatically added to the three other away games that I've recently bought tickets for. That, so I've got like eighty-five tickets for this game. Was that when you were online buying your home shirt with Hotter on the back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I hate to break it to you. Um, it's um, it, you, you know, it's, it's funny though. It's, we talk about the mood of the club. There's a lot of people, you know, and if we sell a few players, there's a lot of people. Uh, but uh, there's nothing that an FA Cup run wouldn't, um, you know, actually change the mood at the club. Um, I don't know the stats of this, but there's a championship size in there in the semi-final virtually every season. Pretty much, recently, and, and, yeah, and, and, and quite often a championship side that haven't got much else going on in their season. So you think of Reading last last year. So, you know, and I, I did say the same last year, but I think it's something we should have a real go at. We're not going to get relegated. I, I don't think we're good enough to get to, to get promoted either. So I think let's um, let's have a real crack at this. It, it, it is it is something. When whilst we're just to, to pull this all together, when we're talking about having this this window or this table, we need to put our best players on to show off our wares. Is if we're not going to do amazingly in the league yet, yeah, then a cup run is where we're going to get. You know, we're going to get on the little montage at the end of match of the day or whatever channel shows the FA Cup now. Um, yeah, and then we might have it might be the difference between getting five million for a player or getting seven million or ten million. Also, I mean, we talk about what has the team learnt um, and what has the club learnt over the last year. Um, obviously, we went to Oxford and we played a ridiculous team and we got absolutely battered and a ridiculous pitch as well. So for this FA Cup game, what we're going to do? We got Borough a few days later, which is an important game. Yes. But what, what, again, stick a twist, you know, first team, second team, are we going to mix and match? Who do you think's going to start? It's not just Borough there, is it? Because we've got Burnley on the Friday as well. So there's two big, big games coming afterwards. So 
So I, I suspect, well, we all know Hoffman's going to start. Hoffman's I think that's start. absolutely yeah. nailed on. Stat, stat. Yeah. He's statistically <laughs> our best, most potent attacker. Yes, he's. Yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna mix it up like they did for the, you know, when Oxford came to town. Yeah, we know I, Jack Bonham. <coughs> so. No, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope not. Can we learn um, it before Mark we buy Smith, the tickets? Mark Smith. I, you know, so I mean, let's be honest. Whoever's not playing is gonna be. It's gonna be assumed he's been sold. I think. <laughs> I think. That, I think that's a fact. On Saturday, if, whoever's not playing in the team. That everyone would be saying they, they've gone. I, I, I suspect um, Josh Clark's been called. Has he been called back from loan, or has he yeah, just come back? Yeah, attended. Is there a good chance? I mean, I, I think he may well feature. He's the new I don't see why not. I, mean, I think again. I think he's been called back for Dean Smith to have a look at him, as they say. So he's going to have a, he probably knows nothing about him. He's probably sent a few scouts over to Barnet to see him play, but, but you know, he, but he's brought him back. But I mean. I want to say the scenario is that I just want you guys, I mean, you think about the FA Cup, we've had when Brentford were not a very good side the FA Cup was, was the, the highlight of our season a lot of the time and we've had quite a few decent moments in the FA Cup and I'm just wondering whether or not as a Brentford fan or just as a regular fan just going around the table here, what has been your best FA Cup Live moments of the match that you've been to. It could be a Brentford game or a non-Brentford game. Lou, right? Petty grudge out of the way. I got dragged to the cottage in I think '93, '94 by my cousin who sports Fulham, and they lost one to Shrewsbury. So yes, take that. Uh, no, uh, no uh, one that is non-Brentford. Actually, I went. To, I went to a North London derby at Old Trafford in about 2000 or '99 when Wickham played. Uh, Liverpool and the atmosphere was absolutely amazing and people talk about this whatever 39th game abroad well we had our own one then with the semi-finals and I think it's such a shame that, it, uh, that Wembley had, has this sort of boring little routine now I, I think the idea that one year it would be in Newcastle and then at Villa Park then in Cardiff then, then in Liverpool I think it's, it's great and it's really selling football to, to fans um, who might be getting disillusioned or sick of or bored of the Premier League? It's a real this idea of the, the, the semi-finals having to be at Wembley and that taking the sheen off of it. Yeah, we we probably get as many teams. Some Premier League teams like Chelsea probably. How many times have they played at Wembley in the last decade? Maybe twenty times. More times than England. No, no, no. So anyway, it's that's, my, that's, my, my, my my happy moment has turned my happy ground, my if, happy if memory has turned into a rant yeah. about modern football. My, well, I'm gonna my favourite FA Cup moment. Is, I'm gonna have to make it Brentford related. It's Black Blackburn away in the in the cup run. Um, I did. I you know that was we knowing that we were in the quarterfinals after Blissett had got those two goals. I mean that was a very very special day. Probably up there with you know the, the recent highs of getting promoted back to the championship. Um, I did. I did really enjoy Chelsea at home as well, um, and I did. I did enjoy the build-up to Chelsea away, um, and I did. I've, I've been to a couple of FA Cup finals um, where the, the, I thought the atmosphere was pretty poor, to be honest. So yeah, mine have been. Mine have been. Um, but I have to share a dream. I had a dream, and I have dreamt recently, fairly recently, that Brentford have played in Europe properly, not Anglo-Italian. And um, no, so Europa League for Brentford next year. So I think we'll be finalists, and we'll lose to someone that's in the Champions League, and we we get there by default. So we we Brentford are going to be runners up in the FA Cup final this year, and we're going to lose to Man City, who are champions. Keep dreaming, Dave. But my memories would 
be probably a brilliant Martin Allen year, obviously, when we beat Sunderland. That was a great game, and the draw at Southampton was excellent. The, the goal from was high ranking always sticks out. It was a great, great goal. Come back from being two down as well. You know. I, mean, I think we thought we'd lose like 7-0 when we were two down after 10 minutes or something and the comeback was brilliant but uh, when I think about the FA Cup games one moment sticks out it's a bit, a bit depressing really it was when Lee were a senior as the manager and we were playing Doncaster they, they beat us I think the fallout and abuse he made his debut and at the end of the game Lee were a senior he always comes across a really nice fella I never met the guy but he came come across like a nice guy just out of his depth he was walking from the tunnel Bramer Road to the to the from, sorry, from the, the, the dugout to the well, you, you mean the Green Mile? The green, yeah, the Green Mile, it was for him. And he was just getting absolute dog's abuse from everyone. Things thrown at him. Was People second, were venting. Was a 4-0 defeat in a row? Was a four, yeah, I think, I, think, I think we lost the crew yeah. a week after. But it, it was really hard to watch. That, Ironic that, that he's, now, he's now one of the lead pundits for the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, he maybe. is. Hopefully he, he learned something that day, a hard lesson. But it was, um, it was really hard to watch. And like, it must... It was... It was like deep seeing the guys so out of his depth, and I always thought that, um, you know, whenever whenever I you know about to give a, give both barrels to a, to a player of the opposition team or a manager, I always think of that moment of Rossinia walking down a tunnel, and then I abuse him anyway. Yeah. Naturally, I thought, I thought but, you were uh, going to say, <laughs> yeah, but, I, whenever I go into work and do a job half-heartedly, I just hope there isn't ten thousand people <laughs> watching. Um, I, do you know what? I miss quite a lot of these because I, 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 I don't mean. It. To whatever, but I, I go away quite a lot in January, and um, I remember the Sunderland game vividly. Um, it was in the very early days of the internet, and being able to listen to a, a football commentary on the internet. Um, and I was in a, I was in a hotel, um, and I think the only place you could get the internet was in reception. So I do remember like a massive shout out and jumping around in the in the in the reception of a hotel in Cape Town, and people looking at me like I was a lunatic. There was another game that I would have missed. I think we, we was it Grimsby, and um, if what? we beat them, we would have played Chelsea or something. And it was old, older, 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 yeah. But in that game, I knew I wasn't going to be around for the Chelsea game, so I was kind of because I was going to be away. So I was kind of like I didn't take that too badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bittersweet. Um, yeah, but, but but in terms of games I've been to, um, we got knocked out of the FA Cup. I'm sure a lot of people remember by Kingstonian. Um, I lived in Kingston at the time, so I decided to jump on the Kingstonian bandwagon for the next game. Away to Southend, Kingstonian won 1-0. The manager of Southend United that day, David Webb. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I think Lorenzo Pinamonte scored for Brentford against Kingstonian that day, didn't it? Another collector's item. And that, and that was David Webb the, after Brentford as well. The B, and for myself, I mean, for me, again, this is the difficulty, you go around the table and then you're last one in line. For me, my big FA Cup moment again, like Laney was Blackburn away, it was absolutely brilliant because I think also the thing is because of that we were so rubbish it was the first time we'd actually done anything and we went on this coach and you know we played Warsaw beforehand which is a good omen as well we beat them in the cup and then we went up on the coach I did my first ever official unofficial coach as well which is the unofficial coach that I used to do that went on for a number of years after that and it was absolutely brilliant the day out was brilliant about I don't know three four thousand Bees fans behind the goal the terraces and it was just like for me it was like one of the best moments in the world um, better than Chelsea, better than all these other things here when we beat them. Um, fantastic, we came back. And obviously we had Liverpool after that, which is a good day out as well. Fantastic, not not as good as Blackburn, I look back on it. So for me, that was the best Brentford moment, but I'm also looking back because I've actually been to quite a few FA Cup, actually, FA Cup finals because I used to actually... Um, Back in the day, I used to bunk into Wembley, you know, naughty boys I am, like every single year, I used to bunk into Wembley and see 
um, FA Cup finals. I was, I was at the FA Cup final, Nottingham Forest, um, Tottenham when Gazza did his knee. I was at the Liverpool. Um, I was at the Brighton one when they, I think they lost 4-0 to Man United. Neil, Neil Smiley played for them. I bumped into that as well. But the one that I bumped into was I bumped into Liverpool versus Wimbledon, as it was at the time. Hmm. And I managed to bump into that and I stood behind a guy with a massive banana in the Wimbledon end. And I was there and saved the penalty, won the penalty. And that actually was one of the sort of best non-Brentford FA Cup finals I've been to because it was a real sort of underdog type thing where they beat Liverpool and it was a good fight. The magic of a couple of we're, we're not the underdog anymore. That's like you said, we enter in round three. We, we, this, hardly any non league teams in round three this year as well. So it's, it's almost, it's, we're, we're much nearer to, the, to, the, to these Arsenal and Chelsea's and Man United's now than we are to the Dovers and the Bromleys and the Whitehawks. Yeah. So what would you rather? What would you rather? Looking up or looking down? Well, it depends. It's, it's quite exciting looking up actually when we used to do it back in the day. But listen, anyway, this has been. Good evening, lads, in the house of St Barnabas. It's, uh, it's against modern football, this, I just thought I'd let you know. But look, we've had a great evening chatting about transfers and Phil Giles and personal messages and players coming and players going and all this malarkey. But we're going to look forward now to Saturday, FA Cup at Brentford. Tickets are really cheap. When tickets are cheap, I'll tell you about it because, as you know, tickets should be 10 quid to get in, 5 quid for kids. So, you know, get yourself down there. That's where it should be. Football, 10, 15, 20 quid. Not all this 30, 40 quid nonsense, but we won't rant on about that. Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Check us on Pride of West dot London, subscribe to that go on to uh, Audio Boom and you can subscribe there, go to iTunes you can subscribe there, go to uh, YouTube, Besotted Brentford you can start there, um, you can actually get forecasts is that forecasts? Yeah, do you want to do a match forecast? Oh, we're going to do some match score, forecasts score, as well, score, score this forecast. is the Pride of West London <laughs> forecast, Luke, show what you saying? not what you saying? scripted, how <laughs> dare you accuse it of being scripted what are you saying? I'm, I'm saying? I'm saying an amazing thrill from two amazing development squads on Saturday and then the winner gets Man City away. Laney, 3 nil bees. I was going to say three all. We're going to go with that three all. I'm going to go two nil to the bees. Coming, you bees, and we are going to go in a cat. We're in the hat on Monday. We're in the bag. What the number hat. are we, Bill? I don't know. Uh, number, number two. But no, listen, anyway, this has been great. House about St. Barnabas. Support the bees on Saturday. Come on, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered 
by fans.